0: GT and PK in the morning, proudly presented by Mark Miller Subaru. It's time to welcome in our basketball insider, Steve Cleveland. His weekly interview brought to you by Mountainland Supply, where the pros go for plumbing, landscaping, irrigation, agricultural irrigation, HVAC parts, tools, and safety equipment. Find a location near you at mountainland.com. Steve, good morning. Good morning, fellas. Steve, it's a good morning if you're a BYU basketball fan fired up by a come-from-behind win on the road, at USF, that went right down to the buzzer. It is not a good morning if you're a Jazz fan and you just watched them lose to the Lakers. Which game would you prefer to discuss first? Because ultimately, we're going to talk about both of them.
1: You know, let's talk about BYU for a minute. Uh, you know, it's it, it, it's a fun group to watch, and you're right, it was a big win. Uh, and I, I think a couple things happened on that trip. First of all, playing Gonzaga, you know, you, you'd think if you put up 80-some points, you, you'd be in a competitive game. But Gonzaga shot like 60, 60% in that game, and just was incredible. Uh, but that being said, uh, the L- Loner kid, I think this is a big, big weekend for him. I I have been waiting for this young man, K. Loner, to to kind of make a mark and, and find his place with his team. He's, got, he's athletic. He can shoot it. He's got good feel for the game, and he goes 17-5 against Gonzaga and then makes some big baskets uh, at San Francisco uh, I, I think that would for me, he's gonna really help BYU going forward. It looked like he had the confidence. Uh Barcello obviously receiving lots of accolades around the country for how well he shoots the ball, how well he runs his team. But it is a team that's really connected defensively. Uh, and even though Treori and, and Gideon George and Hatigi, you know, there's not you know, there's not a lot of a lot of size. I mean they lose two bigs, it, it hurts obviously. But at the end of the day, I think defensively, this team is just rock solid. I mean, they're just playing so well. And you always kind of like to go small anyway. And they're having to go small. It gives them a little more flexibility. But everybody seems to be clicking. I I see them going to the tournament. We've talked about this before. Uh, I still think it's going to be a chore to win the conference. But uh, beating USF there was a big win. And... You know, it's maybe a year where they only have a, a two or three losses at the max uh, in conference play. So fun to watch. I, I don't watch all the time, watch all the games, just because of circumstances. And I actually watched both the BYU games. And I, I think defensively, they were just so good that uh, they made timely big baskets when they needed to. And uh, San Francisco – kind of helped him. I mean, you, <laughs> you got nine or ten seconds to go and Boyer ends up taking down a contested 26-pointer, 26-foot shot. That that didn't make my sense because San Francisco still had a chance to get into overtime, but they didn't. But congrats to BYU. Just really guarding, playing connected together. Tough, tough group of guys and uh, fun to watch play.
0: All right, so tell me I'm stupid and you've got no problem telling me this. What When I watch Holmgren...
1: At his stage, I see a little bit of Garnett, I see a little bit of Durant, and I spe- see a little bit of Nowitzki. I mean, I, I, I like your, your analysis there. Uh, you know, you I've watched him two or three times, and uh, you know, obviously, it's there's an adjustment, and, and it's not like I mean, getting into conference, the the level of competition won't be what it it, it has been. I mean, they played quite a tough preseason. Uh, yeah, he's got a big time ceiling, man. I'm, I'm telling you right now that he's so long and, and he's more athletic than he looks and he's got a good feel for the game. I mean, he's going to get stronger and he's going to get more comfortable. And, I, you know, he's, he obviously he's probably going to be a pro next year. And when he gets into that environment, I, I, I think he, you know, you, you can see him. You, at times he looks awkward and he's not in the right spot. But then you see moments and go, whoa. Down the road, this kid's going to be a really good player. And uh, but he's for Gonzaga, you know, to have Timmy and to have him inside, and, and two very different post guys. But I, I could see Holmgren being a guy like Mobley, you know, too, where he, he spends time out on the perimeter and he perfects that three point shot. And uh, but he is long and talented, and uh, you know, watching that Gonzaga game, you know, I didn't know a lot about their teams, but the the six five point guard. Uh, Nemrod, uh, wow, he's. Real. I, I thought they lost a little bit when they lost the guards from last year, but that guy stepped in and, and gave him twenty-two and twelve. And um, that's a nice, that's a fun team to watch. And uh, and I and I really did feel like BYU played well against them, but Gonzaga is just that good.
0: So more impressive, Gonzaga with three straight games with sixty-point first halves, three points a minute, or. The Buffalo Bills never having a fourth down against the New England Patriots. More overwhelming <laughs> offensive performance.
1: Yeah, you know what? Everybody here in the San Joaquin Valley is kind of pulling for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, the quarterback there is from Fireball, which is a small little town in north of Fresno that nobody's ever heard of, and he ends up going to Reedley Junior College and then ends up going to Wyoming. So uh, the, the Buffalo Bills are high on everybody's list in Central Valley right now.
0: I'm going to throw a name at you from the past that few remember. Traore, Celeste Rivers. You think it's an yes. accurate comparison?
1: Yes, yes. Traore's even got more bounce. Those two dunks, those little sneaky dunks, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's all of a sudden, boom, it was so quick. But, no, somebody asked me that the other day, and I, I, I agree. It, it, it kind of reminds me of watching Celeste Rivers. And, uh, and, and this kid... Has even more toughness. I mean, my goodness, and explosive hops. But he, they have very similar games. Uh, I think Priori has a, a, a bigger upside because he's just so explosive. And, uh, and I never seen anybody get two quicker dunks than he did on rebounds. And uh, but yeah, I like, I like that comparison a lot.
0: So the Jazz lose to the Lakers, a 500 Laker team, and this. Just to add to the list, the Jazz have four losses to the bottom three teams in the East. What do the Jazz have to fix so that they go into the playoffs and Jazz fans feel good about their chances? Because I don't think any Jazz fan waking up this morning is feeling good about them.
1: <clears throat> no, because uh, you know, Memphis is going to take their place in that third spot, it looks mm-hmm. like. <clears throat> and, you know, I watch, and I don't have a chance like you all to watch all the games. <clears throat> and I do get bits and pieces, but I watched the whole Jazz game yesterday. We, and I have a love-hate relationship with the Lakers, who have always kind of been a team that, growing up in LA, I mean, I I, it, I can't stand being a Laker fan. I, I can't stand how they play. Uh, it, it, everything's so static, and you just wouldn't want me to go off in the Lakers. But here, here we go. We got them playing the Jazz, and <clears throat> I didn't realize before I started watching the game that the Jazz have been on the road for it seems like a month or so. So. I think some of it had to do with the fact that they've had seven of eight on the road, but for me, watching them last night, nothing was north-south. There wasn't a lot of movement, and they just they they seemed like they shot a lot of contested shots. They couldn't get to the glass, and they looked tired, to be honest with me. I I, I had not seen them play a lot, so I, I, I will admit that first lately. Uh, I follow the scores, but I, I'm looking at that game and just – I mean, I, Mitchell was just, like, non-existent. nonexistent. He, he, he just – he wasn't – he didn't even have a presence in the game. And he always has a presence in the game. So, you know, if, I think part of it is the fact you've been on the road for a couple of weeks and you're just tired. And hopefully they'll get through this. But you're right. There were some bad losses to some not-so-great teams. But I think what I've watched during this year with all the COVID issues – And watching all the changes and lineups changing that uh, even though we may not know their names, if you're in the league, you you know, guys that play in that league are all pretty good players. And a lot of them just given the opportunity with the right attitude and the energy, uh, that's how upsets take place. But there's a lot of really good players in this league that none of us have ever heard of. And every night there's a new guy that steps up and has a big night. But the Jazz didn't have a lot of energy last night. They just settled for shots. Um, And and that being said, the Lakers gave them every opportunity to get back into the game time and time again. And and so it it wasn't like they just quit, but I just felt like the Jazz lacked energy. There was no really attacking the rim. Uh, It it just, just seemed a little listless, to be honest with you. And I think that probably has more to do with being on the road for a week and a half and playing away from home. But they, they certainly were not connected last night, and they didn't shoot the ball well. Mitchell goes 0 for 8 from the three. Bogdanovich is 1 for 9. Uh, Clarkson, I mean Clarkson, struggled. You know, at six points. Uh, you can't you can't win anywhere at 37 and 27 percent shooting threes and shooting two point field goals. So uh, I, I suspect it'll be good for him to go back home and play the Rockets and the Pistons. But I, I was looking. Last night I was just kind of looking at everybody's schedules, and they got to go play at Golden State, at the Suns, back home with the Suns, and then play Memphis on the road. So they're going to need to get their act together really quickly here. Get the rest they need, get refocused. Because uh, yeah, I, I think they're going to win the next two ball games. Hopefully, I'll give them some confidence. But they've got to go out and have five or six really tough tests in a row. And uh, so. I've seen the Jazz play so much better, and so do you. But last night, they just didn't seem to have their legs. And uh, it it just – there wasn't a great deal of energy. I don't think I'm going to, you know, focus so much on that game as I am. What's going to happen when they get back home, get some rest? And and really, what I'm going to watch to see is how they match up with the Suns and Golden State and because that's gonna decide whether they're gonna have a chance to be a second or a third place team or more like a fourth or a fifth. More than likely the Jazz are probably pretty locked in. I mean Dallas is one they've started got it going and stuff, but I think I think still the Jazz are gonna be one of the top four teams. But right now they could you know they they could drop if they continue to play this way. But uh yeah, I love Memphis, so I'm kind of on a Memphis kick right now. After going and seeing them play in person the other day, uh, <clears throat> I really like that team. And uh, and they play with great energy and great purpose. And you got young guys that are getting after it, and the Jazz aren't that young. And so they, they're usually connected and they're usually together. Uh, let's hope they get that thing turned around quick. As a coach, how do you handle it when guys aren't shooting well and maybe you question their shot selection? Uh, Can you say, hey, that's not the best shot in terms of confidence can be fickle with shooting? So from a coach perspective, what's the best way to go about it when guys aren't hitting their shots? You know, watching a lot of film helps, I think, uh, because you you can just see tendencies. But I think one of the things you just mentioned, that is, is, is taking contested shots early in shot clocks or, you know, whatever the circumstances are. And sometimes, you know, it's just the circumstances. You get the ball late in the shot clock and you got to shoot it. But I, I think that, well, that's one of the things I just can't stand about the Lakers <laughs> is, is they're always shooting contested shots, and a lot of that deals with there's not a lot of movement. And 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 I, that's what I saw kind of last night with the Jazz. There, there wasn't the kind of movement – and so a lot of things will be like, hey, are we moving – collectively as a team, are we moving without the ball? Are we making sharp cuts? Are we coming off the back screens, the front screens, all the down screens, everything we're doing? You know, how is that – what that looks like? Okay, well, we're doing those things. Okay, so let's, let's take a look at mechanics. And, and, but I like to watch film because the film doesn't lie and you, you have an opportunity to kind of – okay, those weren't good shots you know, they, that there was a better shot. And usually the Jazz are one more in another, you know. I mean, they're very unselfish, but last night they just settled. And they settled and took a lot of contested shots. The other thing is, you know, and, and in the NBA, they've got so many coaches. But just taking the time to, to competitively shoot in a gym, as a head coach in college and in junior college and even high school, when my better players were struggling, I had to work them out. And just have an opportunity. Now, the pros have so many good coaches, and that's it, it, probably not a need for the head coach to work with them. I—that's what I did, and because I, I wanted to not only just help them physically, but let them know, you know, mentally, that listen, you can do this. That you're you're a good shooter, and, and focus on the positive, and then watch film of them making shots. And 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 one of the things I know as a player, I always wanted to try to get to the free throw line, or I wanted to get to the rim and score early to get the confidence because the basket got a lot bigger. And if your first three or four shots are threes and you're not close, all of a sudden it gets in your mind. And I don't care who you are. uh, It's one of those things, how great you are. The mental part of shooting is a significant thing. And it always helps yourself if you can get to the free throw line or get to the rim and and get that confidence, especially when players are struggling with confidence. And I, I can't imagine that McDonovich or Mitchell or Clarkson. I, I think they get through this and they'll be you know, it, it may be as simple as one game and they can get it turned. But those are things that I would do when and, and these guys are pros, they all have their own coaches and shooting coaches. But I, I I promise you that they're all gonna be getting shots up today and and wanting to get that groove back and get it back where the ball needs to be and film can show a lot. And at that level, man, they got so many analytics and technology that they can help there. But a lot of times just getting in the gym and taking it, but you're always taking contested shots and you're taking, you know, land, and that's not a, that's not a jazz, you know, that's not something that the jazz do. They're, they're not a team that takes a lot of contested shots or forces shots. It's always one more and it's inside out and create space. I didn't see much of any creating off the drive and kicking and one more. It, it, everything was kind of static and stationary last night
0: as I watched that game. The Athletic has a story that says the headline, Sources, Lakers coach Frank Vogel's job in serious jeopardy despite Jazz win. Bill Orham and Sam Amick are uh, the two guys who wrote it. We know Bill because he wrote it at the Tribune. Uh, they point out that uh, Vogel only got a one-year extension in the offseason, which was an, kind of an awkward compromise. It's a 500-team now. Man, when you hear that, you're a coach. I assume you're going to side with Vogel and say, this roster has obviously got holes in it, and they've dealt with multiple injuries to star players. What in the world are they firing the coach for? Now, they haven't. Thinking about it is different than doing it, but as a coach. Yeah, there
1: doesn't seem to be any fairness in that at all. And, and, you know, might as well make LeBron the coach, right? (laughs) You know, because that seems kind of what's happening anyway. But it, it, and you know, I watched Coach Vogel. I when when I lived in Indiana and, and Paul George was there, we were serving a mission back there. I went to a couple of games and I actually got to meet him and 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 watch their teams. And and I, I don't know who the best coach is for this, but man, when you look at all the circumstances, you, know, you mentioned the injuries, and you know, I don't I don't think he put that. I don't know. Maybe maybe he did have a, a lot of responsibility in putting that team together. But man, there's a lot of gaping holes, and there have been injuries. But, but it's a team. For, to me, the, the most the thing that bothers me most about the Lakers is 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 just the lack of movement. It's so static, and it's just one on one. Everything's one on one, and they are solid defensively. They showed that last night. They can play defense, but it's hard to play defense and make baskets when you're always behind. And and their shot selection is not great all the time. And, and there were good things last night watching, but I've watched them enough to know that. They take way too many contested shots. They're not solid defensively, um, and they've got some weaknesses. So I guess that in, in today's world, the first guy that goes is the coach, but I, I don't think there's any fairness in that considering the injuries, considering protocol. This is not the time to be firing coaches. I, I don't know what, how things are going to change if the guy next sitting next to him is going to now be the head coach. I just don't see that. I don't think that's the issue, and I don't think it's going to solve their problems. Um, and I, I still believe if, if the Lakers were to do some things differently offensively and, and, and guys get healthy and get on protocol and Anthony Davis actually could get back to where he's playing. I, you know, I, I was a big proponent of Anthony Davis playing the five. And, and I still am to a certain degree. I, I believe it, it causes double teams. But if if you know, the problem is you got guys who they spent ninety million dollars on Horton Tucker who's shooting twenty four percent from the three and forty percent from the two, and the rest of the shooters are so up and down. Now Monk had a good night, uh, you know, Kate Ellington will have you know, there's no consistency with their shooting. And and so they're gonna immediately double Anthony Davis every time he gets the ball because they can leave guys that aren't shooting well. If the Lakers could put somebody on the floor, get four guys on the floor they could shoot it. Anthony Davis would be a perfect five because he's hard to guard because he can take and step out. He can do so many things. Uh, well the way things are right now, maybe he just better Maybe you're better off just getting them on the perimeter and taking elbow shots and taking threes and getting something out of them. But, but, uh, I I just don't like the guys they surrounded. It's forced Anthony Davis to, uh, Not, I mean, Anthony Davis, even though I think he's still averaging 23 or 24 points a game, but if you take enough shots and you're as big as he is, but this is not a coach problem. This is the organization of a team, and you brought all these guys in, and it's taken a long time. Do I believe a month from now or two months from now they could get it together and get going? I do, but I don't think it's there to win an NBA championship. I don't think they can get out of the West uh, anyway, I think the Suns and Golden State and Memphis uh, are going to have home court advantage. They're going to be playing on the road more. Uh, the Laker fan in me from years past, yeah, I'd love to see them figure it out. But uh, Byron, Coach Vogel, that, that doesn't make sense. What they do at the end of the year, but who, who are they going to get to? It's just, there's, not an a, there's not an answer to that question. The guys sitting next to him or two guys down, Whoever that coach is, it's going to have a different relationship. LeBron James is the coach of this basketball team. He, I, he's been probably very involved in bringing these guys in. He, on the floor, they kind of have a system, but it's real simple. But LeBron makes a lot of this It appears from the outside that Le- this is LeBron's team, and it's really hard to coach and play in the game at the same time, and that's part of the Lakers' problem.
0: Steve, as always, we appreciate it. Thanks for joining us, and we will talk to you again next week. All right, guys. Have a good one. Steve. Steve Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider, brought to you by Mountainland Supply. Time right now to welcome in Andrew from Wasatch Medical Clinic, a breakthrough treatment. No pills, no injections, no surgery. Most of us are trying to avoid pills, injections, and surgery, so this works out well, Andrew.
2: Yes, it certainly does. Uh, when a man gets ED. You know, I'm yet to talk to anybody that says, I love the pill. I love going to the pharmacy. I love side effects. I love the lack of spontaneity. Uh, well, you may not have to do any of that anymore. With acoustic wave therapy at Wasatch Medical, the two most advanced versions, these, uh, this technology opens up and regrows the blood vessels with gentle pressure waves. It improves circulation enough that uh, we can get rid of the ED. We've helped so many men with just a few treatments, by the way, get their love lives back on track and get rid of the
0: pills. So does it amaze you that guys are still reluctant to come in, or you just accept that that's part of the deal now?
2: Well, I think it's just part of the deal. There's so many guys out there uh, that you know are hesitant. They're embarrassed. They don't want to do anything. But I'll tell you, we're getting the word out. The conversation is, is uh, there's more of it out there now. Guys are more comfortable And they tell us once they go through the sessions, that was a lot easier than they thought.
0: You got a special offer for people who want to save some money and figure out if this works for them. You've got the deal for them right now.
2: We do. If you are ready to end your ED, guys, if you want to regain your love life or just improve frequency, we do a lot of that here. Call us this morning. The exam, assessment, blood flow ultrasound with the doctor. It's free. The gift, uh, you'll love this, produces immediate results, and this part, really valuable. Blood work and testosterone, that's free as well.
0: Call right now at 801-901-8000. You can address the root cause of the problem with AD, 801-901-8000. Call Wasatch Medical Clinic now and regain your love life at 801-901-8000. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you.